amazing. It's empowering when we face our fears. And so this morning, I'm facing my fear of speaking in front of people, even though I speak in front of you guys every week. Preaching is a whole different thing. Okay, so I'm facing that, and I'm not claiming it that it's a fear. It's just that it's not my comfort zone. But I am here on assignment from the Lord this morning. So I'm just being obedient to the Lord. I said, Lord, uh, you know, you've given me the gift of life. You know, I'm alive today because of him. So I said, I can surely preach a sermon for you. Uh, So as a thank you to God for my birthday, I'm being obedient to him this morning. And I'm going to share a word with you. And then tomorrow, I'm, I've decided that, um, you know, I've reached a place where if I live to be uh, 90 years old, uh, and I'm claiming to live 90 plus years, and uh, I've reached the halfway mark, okay? So um, you do the math uh, if you're trying to figure out how old I am. And then, so what that means for me, I've decided I'm going to age backwards, okay? And so um, tomorrow for my birthday, uh, my family asked, what do you want to do for your birthday? And I remember when I came to America, I came to America when I was 17. Uh, It was on July 12th. July is a very special month for me. Uh, July 12th, I came from Romania to America. uh, And then um, we used to hide missionaries in our home growing up. And um, one of the missionaries that came to Romania, his name was Larry. He's gone to be with the Lord. Um, But when he found out that I was coming to America, which was a big miracle uh, for me to get out, um, when he found out, he lived here in Portsmouth. And he got in his car with his wife, and he drove all the way to Greenville, South Carolina, which is over an eight-hour drive. And he loaded up my sister, my baby sister, and myself, and he brought us here to Portsmouth. That was my first time in Hampton Roads. That was when I was 18 years old, and I had only been in the United States probably about, what, about 15 days. And for my birthday, he said, I want to take you to Bush Gardens. And so I celebrated my 18th birthday at Bush Gardens riding my very first roller coaster. And I literally thought I was going to die. And I thought, Lord, you brought me to America to kill me on a roller coaster. And, but I survived. And guess what I'm going to be doing tomorrow? I'm going to be at Bush Gardens on my birthday, reliving my 18th birthday. I'm going to be riding some roller coasters. All right. So let's get into the word. It's, it's fun. Serving the Lord is so exciting. It's so fun. And you know what? Getting older is just getting better. Amen? So I want to encourage you, as long as you serve the Lord, I mean, we are eternal beings. So as long as we live in the kingdom of God, every day is a blessing. Every day is exciting. And we're not going to worry about how old we are, right? We are going to have fun. We're going to celebrate and being in the kingdom of God. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. I want to talk to you about the kingdom of God. And since you know, the technology has let us down, and it's okay. Like Pastor Tim said, Jesus didn't have technology. And um, we're not going to talk about technology this morning anyway. We're going to talk about the kingdom of God. And um, so you may not have the scriptures on the screen. So I want you to, if you have a pen and a piece of paper, to write these down. If not, they are recording the service this morning. So you can go back, sit down uh, with a piece of paper, and take notes. 
uh, when you get home. Because this is a very crucial message that if you don't get this message, you're not going to get God at all. If you don't get this message, you're not going to get the kingdom of God at all. And today is a very special day here at Christian Embassy. One of my favorite things that we get to do here is water baptism. There's no greater miracle to witness than to witness a person coming from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of life, into the kingdom of light. Amen? And so um, this morning, we're going to have children, we're going to have young people, and we're going to have adults that are going to make that transition. They've already made that transition. They've already made the decision to transition uh, from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light by confessing Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. But this morning, they're making it public. They're making their public confession, showing you guys and showing the principalities and powers and rulers in the dark places that they no longer belong to the kingdom of darkness, that now they have been born again into the kingdom of God. That's exciting. That is what I live for. Amen? I live to see people coming from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And that is exactly what Jesus came for. Now, this morning, we're going to look at John chapter 3, verse 1 through 6. John 3, 1 through 6. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher come from God, for no one can do these things that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. I want to talk to you this morning about the kingdom of God. Now, we all have experienced some type of kingdom, some type of government. And we see here that Nicodemus was a man of the law. He was a man, a government uh, man. He was an official. He was a ruler of the Jews. He He understood government. And so he is observing Jesus. And he is seeing a different government that he's operating under. And he is saying, I'm seeing that you're doing things that don't take place in in this kingdom that I'm ruling over. So he's, he's saying, what is the secret? And Jesus says that the secret to operating in the power and the authority... And the privileges of the kingdom of God is to be born again. Now, we hear in this day and time people saying, well, I'm going to be this way because I was born this way. 
And I'm here to tell you this morning exactly right. That's why you need to be born again. I don't care how you were born. We were all born in sin. We were all born broken. We were all born into the kingdom of darkness. And I'm here to declare this morning that you must be born again. If you have not been born again and you think you can play the religious game, you're not a part of the kingdom of God. And that's why you're not seeing the manifestation and the miracles and the powers and the authority of God working in your life. Because you cannot operate in the kingdom of darkness and expect the kingdom of, of God to be manifested in and through your life. Today, you have a decision to make who you're going to serve. Choose you this day who you will serve. You cannot serve two masters. You cannot serve God and the world. It's simple. God has made it simple. And so I'm going to break it down for you this morning. Because see, we think that the kingdom of God can be compared to some type of government. See, I grew up in a socialistic, communist government. We have... Uh, young people here from South Korea. They come from a different government. Is it South Korea where you guys are from? Yes. So good to have you with us. Um, you know, you may have grown up in other countries. You, you were exposed, you experienced different government. I grew up under a very oppressive government. And so because from a, a very early age, I experienced and I crossed over from the kingdom of darkness because my parents, I was born in a Christian home, and my parents introduced me to Christ. And because of that, I was born again when I was about eight or nine years old. And see, the greatest testimony that you can have, young people, is that you have given your heart and life to God from an early age. This lie of the enemy, you go and you do drugs and you drink and you party and you, uh, you know, do all the promiscuity and you do all this junk and then you can come to God. That's no great testimony. I'm sorry. Now, if you did that and God brought you out of that, I'm happy for you. But let's not make that our model. Let's not make that something that, you know, we want our children to follow. I want my children to be as early as possible in the kingdom of God, to experience and walk in the kingdom of God every single day of their lives. Because there are benefits. There, so if you're here this morning and you're a child and you're getting baptized, you are making the greatest decision of your life. If you're a young person, congratulations. You are the smartest kid around. You're making the greatest decision. If you're an adult, congratulations. I'm so excited for you because the best is before you. And so I want us to talk about, see, we, we, most of us have been exposed to the uh, American government, the democracy. So we have you know, we have different governments of this world, but Jesus says, I did not come here to operate under a man's government. I am here sent from God, and I am here to 
usher in the kingdom of God. Now, I want you to understand a few things. I'm going to set this up, and then we're going to go from here. Number one, I want you to understand uh, these things about the kingdom of God. Number one, the purpose of man's creation. Do you hear this? The reason you were born, the purpose of man's creation in general was to administrate a kingdom. When Adam and Eve were created, they were created for a kingdom and they were created to administrate, to be fruitful, to multiply, to tend the kingdom. Okay, what happens after that? The fall of man was the loss of a kingdom. When they disobeyed God, when Satan came in and deceived them and told them, you're missing out. You don't have the whole kingdom. You're missing out. If you do this, then you're really going to get the whole kingdom. God is holding back from you. I'm here to challenge somebody here this morning who the enemy's been trying to deceive you to tell you that the world has better stuff for you out there. And, you know, this serving God is not working out for you. Just this week, I I was reading about the guy who wrote I Kissed Dating Goodbye. He was on fire for God at one time, and he just divorced his wife, and he says he's no longer a believer. It's happening, church. It's happening. Our culture, the world is lying to us just like Satan came in the Garden of Eden and lied and deceived Adam and Eve. But I've got good news for you because I like to preach positive stuff. But I'm going to challenge you. All right? I'm going to challenge you because I want you to grow. I want you to be all that God has called you to be. Number three, the purpose of salvation The purpose of redemption and salvation is to restore the kingdom back to you, back to us. The purpose was for us to administrate a kingdom, then the fall, now the purpose of salvation. The reason God has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light is to restore that which was lost is to restore the kingdom. Once you come into a relationship with Jesus Christ, once you come into the kingdom of God, you enter a whole new world. That is just the beginning. And so the fulfillment of God's will on earth is the reestablishment of his kingdom. Isn't that how Jesus taught us how to pray? He said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That is the fulfillment. Do you realize that God has called you to fulfill his purpose here on earth to reestablish his kingdom? Now, Jesus came and he demonstrated how we are to do this. And in Matthew 4, 17, he says, And from that time forward, Jesus began to preach. And this is what he was preaching. Repent, for the kingdom of God is near. 
Now, this was what Jesus came. He came in to usher in the kingdom. And how do we enter into the kingdom? Repent. Be born again. Make a decision. There's no, on Monday through Friday, I live like this. And on Sunday, I live like that. No. That's religion. I guarantee you the guy who just said he no longer believes in God, he wasn't a Christian. I believe he was a a religious person. Because when you truly make that decision to cross from the kingdom of darkness and you experience the kingdom of light and the kingdom of God, there's nothing better. There's no, I don't want the trash of the world. There's no better joy. There's no greater love. Do you hear me, church? There's no greater power than God's power. There's no greater love. The love of God is so amazing. There's nothing of the world that you would ever want when you experience the kingdom of God. Am I talking to anybody today? Am I talking to anybody today? And I pray that, you know, if you've just been playing some religious games, that today you're going to say, wait a minute, I've been missing out. I want to experience the kingdom of God because that's what I'm here to do. Jesus' mission and assignment was to reestablish the kingdom of God of God here on earth. His mission was not to establish a human government or a religion. There are people who do horrible things in the name of religion. That's not Jesus. That's not the kingdom of God. There are people who do horrible things in the name of government. That's not the kingdom of God. We are to enter into a whole different kingdom. But see, uh, we don't understand kingdom mentality. We don't understand. So this morning, I'm going to help you understand. What is a kingdom? What is a kingdom? I'm going to tell you some characteristics of a kingdom and specifically how it relates to the kingdom of God. The kingdom, number one, the kingdom, any kingdom has a king. That is the first thing. Now, in the kingdom of God, God is the king. Jesus is ruling and reigning, so he is the king as well. And guess what? He has called us to rule and reign with him because we are seated in heavenly places with Christ. So when you are in Christ, you have the same power and the same authority and the same access to the kingdom of God as Christ does. Now that's exciting and I'm just getting started. I declare today over my life, God is the king of my life. Jesus is the king of my life. I am a royal priesthood. I am a princess. I I rule and I reign with him. And I am on an assignment. My purpose is to establish the kingdom of God here on earth as it is in heaven. And in heaven there's no sickness. There's no disease. There's no poverty. There's no lack. There's no hurting. There's no crying. Come on church. Do you understand what the kingdom of God is? The kingdom of God. The Bible says that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. The kingdom of God. That's my king. 
I love my king. I've made my choice. Have you made yours? Who is your king? Who's ruling? Who's reigning over your life? Number two, a kingdom has a territory or domain. Every kingdom has a territory or domain. Now, in the kingdom of God, where is the territory? Where is the territory of the kingdom of God? Jesus said, the kingdom of God is within you. You are the territory of the kingdom of God. You are. You are the domain of the kingdom of God. This is a kingdom from within. And the king lives within. Number three, every kingdom has citizens. And so does the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God has citizens who are called to reign. They're not subjects, but they're called to reign with Christ. Yes, we are subjects to God, but we're called to reign with him. We're called to partner with him. He's not here to, to reduce us. He's here to increase us. He's not here to press us down. He's here to lift us up. Come on, church. Do you realize the kingdom that you are a part of? And if you're not a part of that, you can be a part of. So once you cross over, once you choose the kingdom of God, you become a citizen you receive a new citizenship. You're not of this world, honey. You are a citizen of heaven. You are being issued a new passport, and you now have access. You have free access. You have the visa. When I came to America, I could not come without a passport and a visa to the United States. You cannot Enter into the kingdom of heaven, into the kingdom of God without the blood of Jesus. You need to uh, repent and ask for forgiveness of your sins and you receive the passport and you become a citizen. Another characteristic of a kingdom, specifically the kingdom of God, has a constitution. Every kingdom has a constitution. Now, the constitution that we have is called the B-I-B-L-E. And I'm here to declare today that the Word of God has been established forever. And the Word of God is yes and amen in Christ Jesus. And the Word of God and God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Word of God does not change with the culture. The Word of God does not change with the trend. The Word of God does not change with your opinion. The Word of God does not change with the wishes of man. Because that's happening. That's happening right now. Where people are saying, well, the Bible, you know, well, you can't really trust the Bible. Pastor Tim taught us that we can't trust the Bible. He's giving us scientific, historical, and every, every reason for you to know that you can believe the Bible. So the Constitution, this is a covenant that God has made with us. The covenant between a king and its citizens. So when you have any questions, when the enemy tries to come to you illegally, as a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, you go to your constitution, honey. 
You better go to your constitution. You better not go to your doctor or your counselor or your banker. You better go to the constitution because you're not a part of this, this world system. What does the word of God, what does the constitution have to say about me as a citizen of the kingdom of God? And you take that constitution and you declare this is law. You become a legislator. And you say, I declare and decree that by his stripes I was healed. I declare and decree that my God shall supply for every need according to his riches in glory. You declare and decree the constitution. You have it. You know your rights. Number five, every kingdom has laws and principles by this kingdom, by the function of this kingdom. By which this kingdom functions. So, these laws, for example, the law of reciprocity, you reap what you sow. Try it, it works. The laws and principles of God work. They actually work even for people who are not in the kingdom of God. They're that powerful that people who are in darkness can tap in and enjoy the benefits. How much more? How much more for us as citizens of this kingdom? How much more? All right, number six. Every kingdom has a government or ruling authority. Now, this government is not what you would think, or this ruling authority is not what you see with your eyes. The government of God is a spiritual government. It's something that you, it's a spiritual realm. And here, there is a spiritual world in the darkness, and there's a spiritual world in the light. And that's where the authorities rule. When we come under the authority of the kingdom of light, we have protection from the kingdom of light. Uh, Romans 12, 2 says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove that which is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We cannot expect to live like the world and then when we need God, now we come and we have authority in the kingdom of God. We have to understand we cannot dabble in the dark places. Yes, there's power. Yes, there is a ruling authority in there. And you can't submit yourself to those powers. But those powers are subject to the power of God. And God wants us to understand that the government that we are to operate in is the government of God. I tell my kids all the time, you do not want to dabble. You do not want to play with the devil because he is slowly, he will slowly lead you to death. And I'm talking spiritual death. And I'm talking the death of your soul and eventually your body. See, you can't say, well, just a little, I'll, I'll just go and party just a little bit. And I'm just going to drink just a little bit. I'm going to do drugs just a little bit. It's just for fun. I'm just going to be promiscuous just a little bit. 
I'm telling you, you're messing with the wrong powers. You're messing with the wrong authority. And guess what? When you come under that authority, that authority is not going to let you go that easy. You don't believe me? Try people who can't quit smoking, who can't quit drinking, who can't quit drugs, who can't quit being promiscuous. It all started just a little bit. The very meaning of alcohol is a body-eating spirit. Body-eating spirit. That's why alcohol is called spirits. And when you drink alcohol, you come under the influence of the spirits. Now, I know this is not preached much in the church today, but I'm here to tell you I'm not here to win a popularity contest because Christian embassy is not a political government. The Christian embassy is not, is not a place where we dabble with the devil on Monday and we come and we do our religious game on Sunday. I'm here to declare to you what God's kingdom is like. And when you're a part of the kingdom of God, you're sold out. You're not a traitor. When I became a U.S. citizen, I didn't say, oh, I'm going to go and be a Romanian citizen for a little bit and then keep coming back. No. Once I made my mind up, I I decided um, I took my oath that I'm going to be a, a citizen of the United States and I've never changed my mind. Never even think about it. Because for one, it's much better living here. <laughs> so it's easy. <laughs> but even if it wasn't, there, there may be days when I'm like, oh boy, to go back to the old days. I don't, I don't really feel that way. But, you know, if there were, the good outweighs the bad. Same thing with the kingdom of God. Once you're a citizen in the kingdom of God, you don't go back and you engage in, a, in another kingdom, in another government. Do you understand that? Number seven, every kingdom has privileges. It has privileges, benefits, and rights. You're thinking, oh boy, all this kingdom is some hard stuff. It's getting better. This kingdom has privileges. It has benefits and rights. And guess what? When you are a citizen of this kingdom, you are protected by the kingdom of which you are a citizen of. That's one of the many, many benefits. If you don't know the benefits that you have as a citizen of the kingdom of God, I encourage you this week to make that your Bible study to identify what your benefits are. Write them down and declare them over yourself. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. I'm just giving you a hint. Do not forget all his benefits. Come on, who heals all your diseases. Come on, you go and read that scripture. You go and be reminded. Because see, Satan wants to make you forget who you are and what your benefits are and what your privileges are. And he's going to tell you, he's going to get you in a weak moment and say, you had it better in the world. Or he's going to tell you if you're single, honey, you know you're waiting on your Boaz, but you know you want to go to the bar. You want to go to the club, and you want to go and drink a little bit and meet some, some guys over there. I'm telling you, that's not how the kingdom of God works. The kingdom of God, you got to be determined. I'm not going to go there. I'm going to trust God. 
Even when it seems like, am I ever going to get married? And somebody's clapping who just got married. And she knows exactly what I'm talking about. I'm telling you, God is faithful. There have been times in my life where I said, God, is this kingdom working? But I, kept, I, I, didn't, I didn't cross over. I didn't change my mind. I said, I, I'm a citizen of the kingdom of God, and that settles it. And I have the passport. I have the protection of God wherever I go. You know, when we went to Europe last year, you know, we went to how many countries? 11 countries. And just about every country you go into, you have to present your passport. There was some type of confidence in me when I handed the beautiful blue United States of America passport to the border guards, especially in Romania. Especially in Romania, because see, my brother had to escape Romania to get out of there. Thankfully, I didn't, but I almost did. It was that hard. There was some type of confidence knowing that the United States of America government was going to protect me, was going to come and rescue me if I needed any rescuing. I knew my rights as a, a citizen of the United States. How much more in the kingdom of God we should have the confidence knowing that God will protect us. God will take care of us. Even if we are on foreign soil, we're in this world, but we're not of the world. You may be in foreign soil, but you're, you're of the kingdom of God. You're an ambassador. You have, you have a greater assignment here on this earth, and that is to administrate the kingdom of God. Now, the last thing I want to talk about in the next few minutes is that the kingdom of God has a code of ethics. A code of ethics. Now, the code of eth ethics is the conduct and lifestyle that a certain kingdom has. Did you know that the kingdom of God has a code of ethics? And when you violate the code of ethics, you forfeit the privileges of the kingdom. Okay, let me give you an example. What happens, see, the government of man is modeled from the government of God, from the kingdom of God. So what happens if you're a citizen of the United States and you do a crime? You break the code of ethics. You break the law. What happens? The first thing that happens, you lose your your rights and your passport. They take your passport away. You didn't know that. Maybe you didn't go to jail. <laughs> now you know. You lose your passport. You lose your rights. What happens in the kingdom of God when we violate the code of ethics? We lose the privileges of the kingdom of God. Do you think that you can live any old way and God is still going to just bless you? You know what? God is love. That changes nothing. It's you're doing it. 
You're, you're crossing over into another kingdom. And God's saying, your protection is over here. And you're over there messing around with the kingdom of darkness. God is like, get over here, you stubborn rebel. <laughs> Come on, church. I'm talking some real stuff. Because it's my birthday. And I'm having fun up here. Just like my brother was having fun jumping from 4,000 feet. I'm having fun now in flight. It was scary getting up here, but now I'm having fun. So what happens? We are the ones moving. It's not God. And we start blaming God? Are you crazy? I'm telling you some real stuff right now. And the, the next time you, you do this stuff, you better know, you better jump back into the kingdom of God and never leave again and say, devil, you're not going to trick me ever again. Never again. See, the laws of God, the conduct and the code of ethics is not to restrict you, but it's to protect you. It's to protect you. It's not to take away the fun. It's to make it fun for you. Now, when God gave Moses the Ten Commandments, see, God goes and he takes the people of Israel out of bondage. They were in slavery. And he says, I'm going to bring them out of bondage, out of a man-made government that's oppressing them. And he's enslaved them. And I am going to bring them into the promises, the privileges of the kingdom. The promised land. But see, on the way to the promises, there was a wilderness experience. And that's where God wanted to establish his covenant with them. But these people were some kind of stubborn. Because God said, I want to establish my co government within you. And he said, here's how we're going to do it. I'm going to give Moses the Ten Commandments. Ten, that's all. That's all you need. Because see, the, the less kingdom of God uh, code of ethics and laws that you have, the, the more that you have, the less of the man-made laws you need. Does that make sense? So God gives them just 10. And he says, I want you to take these. I want you to teach them to your children. I want you to teach them to your children's children. I want you to write these on your heart. I want you to live this kingdom from within. And then God says, I'm going to write my code of ethics on your heart, and then I want to be your king. And I want you to be my people. Wow. That's amazing. I mean, that's a God who showed them you know, how he can protect them through the plagues. You know, God could have destroyed Pharaoh right off. You know, one of the benefits of being married to a preacher, when I read the Bible and, you know, questions pop up, I ask him. So I was reading through all the plagues one day, and I was like, man, I asked my husband, why, why didn't God just do the last plague right off, get it over with, get those people out of there, and get them, you know, to freedom. And he said it's because God wanted to show them his power. God wanted to show them his love for them, his authority over and over 
and over again. Because he knew how easy it is for us to forget. How many times has God delivered you? How many times has God shown his power to you? And, and he's doing it over and over because he wanted to establish a people who would love him and who would be in a relationship with him and who would allow him to be the king who has all the authority and all the power. And what do the people say? See, Moses goes to them and says, God wants to be our king. And they says, oh, no, 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 no. We want to be like the other nations. We want to be like the world. We want a king. We want a man king. We don't want a kingdom of God, a kingdom where God, who loves us, rules and reigns over us. But we want to be like the foreign nations. How many times do we go to the world for answers. How many times do we want to do kingdom stuff the world's way? You know, we can be quick to judge these stubborn people, but how about us? When things get tough, how about us? We turn to murmuring and complaining, and why God, and why me, and I was better off in the world. I mean, I hear that all the time. People saying, I was better off when I was serving the devil. Well, you haven't experienced God, the, the kingdom of God then. You need to hang around us until you experience it. And then once you experience it, you're, you're, you're going to want to forget what you experienced in the kingdom of darkness. So I'm here today to tell you that God is calling a people who realize that the kingdom of God is within them. You are not created by God to be ruled by an external kingdom. Because the more we obey the commandments of God, the less laws we need. Do you realize that if the kingdom of God was ruling in the United States and the world today, there would be no need for prisons? Because we would be governed by God and his principles and his code of ethics. There would be no crime, no abuse, no incest, no corruption, no sexual confusion, no thievery, no lying. Do you understand? But see, because we disobey the few Laws that God has given to us, now we got to have all these millions of laws. And God is saying, I want my church to wake up and realize that the less internal government you have, the more external government you need. But when you have the government of God within you, you don't have to worry about the world impacting you. You don't have to worry about, about adulterating and fornicating and, and being addicted and being under the curse because the king lives inside of you and you belong to a different kingdom. Does that make sense to you? We do not want to be like the people of Israel to say we want to be like the other nations. God is calling the church to rise up in dominion, in authority, in, in power, and to administer 
the kingdom of God here on the earth. That is your purpose, the kingdom of God. Isn't that what the Bible says? That when we seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, he will take care of everything else. If this here is being pursued more than that out there, then the stuff and the position and the power, get the power of God in here and everything else will be provided. I'm telling you, this is powerful, this is easy, but we got to do it. And I hope that you understand, you understand that you're not going to make any more deals with the devil when you understand that he has no legal right over your life unless you give it to him, unless you give it to him. So God is calling his people to rise up in the kingdom of God. And we see, we're going to see this morning um, several people who will be um, declaring that uh, in, in a public way. And um, if you're here this morning and you say, you know what, I have not been born of water, born again. It's summer. Get your clothes wet. Get in there. We have extra towels. I even have some extra t-shirts. And get baptized. Don't delay it. Don't play around with your life. You're not guaranteed tomorrow. You're not guaranteed tomorrow. What's the name of the boxer that just got hit? Uh, Sweet Pea. All right, somebody was just telling me last Sunday, he was in tears. He said, you know, the Lord told me to go and talk to him about God and lead him to the Lord. And he said, I was waiting, I was in line waiting to talk to him just a few days before he passed away. And the person that was talking to him just kept on and on. So he said, I left because I had to go somewhere else. Church, we're not guaranteed tomorrow. And eternity is not something you want to play with. This is the day. Today is the day of salvation. Choose you this day who you're going to serve. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I, as far as I'm concerned, our children are going to serve the Lord. The kingdom of God rules and reigns in my home at 1029 Pocosin Crossing. Amen. God knows my home address. And he rules and reigns there. God is going to rule and reign here at Christian Embassy. And he is the sovereign God. And I pray that you're going to take your own authority over your own body, your own family, and your own life. And you're going to say, you're going to make the same decision. Amen? Amen. Amen. If you are getting baptized this morning, guys on this side, no, guys on this side and girls on this side, and um, so go ahead and head up, up there. Pastor Tim is already probably waiting for you in, in the baptism uh, pool. And um, we are going to uh, close the service and give you the opportunity uh, to, to be a part of the kingdom of God. And you know what? If you say, I've been a part of the kingdom of God, but I have not lived 100% in his kingdom. It's time to cross over. It's time for you to claim your rights. It's time for you to claim your promises and benefits. Amen? And so um, yesterday I was talking to Sister Kimberly. She's, uh, she's one of our children's ministry leaders. And um, 
she was telling me, you know, our kids have been learning all these scriptures, and uh, they want to share them with the congregation. And I was like, oh, man, we have baptism. We have so much going on. And as I was preparing this sermon, the Holy Spirit spoke to me, and he says, the kingdom of God, he said, do not uh, uh, restrict the little children to come to me. Do not stop them. I said, so at 11.30, I'm telling PM, I'm telling Kimberly, bring the kids on uh, because this is what the kingdom of God is like. So they're going to come up while everybody's changing. Pastor Tim, you let us know when you're ready uh, because we're ready for you. Um, and um, so the kids are going to come and share with you um, some of the things that we do here at Christian Embassy. These are not all of our kids. They're just some of them. Um, what we do here at Christian Embassy to instill the kingdom of God in these children from as early as they can speak, from as early as possible, we establish the word of God in their lives. So you guys ready? Okay, we are, we've been working on a series called The Roman Road. We have about, we've been having about 25 kids, 20 to 25 kids per Sunday some of them I know was on vacation um, this week, and some of them, uh, their moms text me that they were sick. But they have been working so hard to learn, and uh, Miss Tequila has joined our ministry team, and she has been such a, a blessing and a help. So we want to show you what these, we've been pouring into the lives of these kids and what they have been t learning from it. So let's go ahead and start, guys. Amen. There you have it. Thank you guys so much. This is awesome. Let's, let's all stand and um, just end with prayer, and then we're going to witness this powerful, um, what, what we just preached, we're going to demonstrate. Isn't that what Jesus did? He taught, and then he demonstrated the kingdom. You just heard the word, now you're going to see the demonstration, because how, that's how the kingdom of God works. It's not just a bunch of talk and no, no action. We believe when we preach something, we demonstrate it. That's the real, that's, that's why Nicodemus saw the power of God in Christ. He said, you're not just talking like a religious person, like the Pharisees. He was a Pharisee. He says, we, we know the scriptures and we talk them all day, but we don't see the demonstration of what we're saying. But Jesus what must I do to experience this kind of kingdom in my life? And he said, you must be born again. You must be a, a citizen. And you must make Jesus the king of your life. And you must abide by this code of ethics.
to enter into all these benefits. This morning, I want us, if you've never entered into the kingdom of God, I want to give you this opportunity to say, I want to be a part of the kingdom of God, of this exciting kingdom that you're talking about. If that is you this morning, I want you to raise your hand. If, if you heard this word today and you said, I want God to be the king of my life. I want to serve God. I want you to raise your hand this morning and I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. I see those hands. I see this is the greatest decision you will ever make. This is an eternal decision. This will affect eternity. Not just the rest of your life, but eternity. And there's rejoicing in heaven. The Bible says that when one person transitions from the kingdom of darkness into light, there's great rejoicing. There's more than one person transitioning this morning right now. They're being born again. We're giving birth, church. We're giving birth. We're giving birth to new people into the kingdom of God. That's exciting. That's exciting. You are being born again right now into the kingdom of God. You are now becoming a citizen of the kingdom of God. Father, we just want to thank you right now, Lord, for these men and women who raised their hand. And Lord, they are saying yes to your kingdom and no to the kingdom of darkness. And Lord, I pray right now, Father, that as they make this decision, Lord, I pray that your kingdom would rule and reign in every aspect of their lives. Lord, I thank you that only by your blood, Jesus, can they come in. And we thank you for your blood. We thank you for the cleansing, for the purification, Lord, so that they can access the kingdom of God. And so, Lord, right now, you, they are being birthed through the blood of Jesus and through the water, the purification of your word. And, Lord, we thank you, God. We give you praise. We give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.